We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. And we would like to feel that all of our free agents love to be here. And they enjoy playing here in Houston. Again, special place, special team, uh, special organization. So I think most of our guys would love to be back here. Uh, Jonathan specifically, he did a, a really great job for us. I think it's his most his productive year. It's the best year of his career. He did some really great things to allow us to be in position to win some games. Right? You, everything I believe in, it starts up front with the, with the rush. All right, and also with the offensive line and protecting. So you know, we'll continue to build with our fronts, start at the front and build backwards. That's how I envision it. And well, Jonathan had a really great year. D'Amico Ryans, about a month ago in his final availability following the uh, loss to Baltimore in the divisional round, you heard it. I mean, he was talking about uh, wanting to retain a lot of key free agents and uh, talked about Jonathan Grenard being one of those, and that's what we've been talking about. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. I don't feel like Jonathan Grenard should be one of the guys that the Texans lose this off season, but I do want to have this conversation that I feel like, as Texan fans, as football fans in this city, you have to be ready to have right now if you really want this team and think that this team is going to take the next step, has taken the next step. So I ask you the question, as Texan fans, are you ready to accept what Astro fans have already endured now for years during this historic run that they've been on? And by that, I just mean this. Being good comes with a cost. Being good means you play better teams. Being good uh, means you're going to lose good players. Being good means as a front office, as coaches in roster construction, every offseason, you're going to have to make tough decisions. And you're going to have to make decisions on players that you believe could continue to be foundational pieces for you. You're going to have to make decisions on potential franchise players, guys that you deem It could be the faces of this franchise, one of the faces of this franchise going forward. And I think, yeah, Jonathan Grenard, Patrick, is very much a part of that conversation. I mean, they are entering that period of critical decision-making right now, officially, March 11th, really today, okay? February 20th, first day you can franchise tag a player. We talked about Jonathan Grenard maybe being one of those, or maybe Kaimi Fairbairn, or maybe... 
you know, Dalton Schultz as a possibility. There are guys like Devin Singletary, Steven Nelson, Sheldon Rankins, Blake Cashman, guys who did really good jobs for you. You're going to make a decision. Do we want them back or can we do better at those particular positions? Sometimes it's not even about can you do better at that position. It's can I do close enough to that position so that I could allocate that money somewhere else? Sure. Yeah. Better subjective. I'll I'll (laughs) give you an example, Mm -hmm. right? I don't. I think Kaimi Fairman right now is a top five kicker in the NFL. Statistically, it's a no been, doubter. You're he right. He has been clutch. He hits from outside of 50. He's also going to be due for a raise. And I question that they will not bring him back. Rather than pay him $5 million a year or whatever it will cost to bring him in, do they go and find a, another cheaper, younger kicker? Because, well... I want to take that $2 million and put it somewhere else. And like, that's like a legitimate concern that is, is because I know people are saying, Oh, he's just a kicker, but doesn't Justin Tucker teach us. He's not just a kicker. When you have a guy that consistently hits from 50 yards out, that isn't banging them off the upright. How many times do we watch the highlights of a game late in the game? Somebody's kicker, shanks a kick from like 42 yards, Uh, you know, line drives one into a defensive lineman's face, bangs it off the upright. Kyrie Fairbairn's been extremely consistent and reliable and that those guys are, those guys are, that's why Baltimore continues to pay Justin Tucker whatever the hell he wants because he's a weapon for them. Sure. When you have a guy, all right, you know what? It's late, late in the game. I could tack on three, even though it's fifty-four yards. I'm a tack on three. Okay. When we've also seen when you when he was hurt uh, in the past, the backup level kicker. Yeah, you had to go to Matt Amendola. I mean, which Soria Gumbawale is kicking field goals. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> well, sure. Um. That was when he went down in that game. And then you're lucky to have a Darian Goombawali. Not a lot of teams have that guy. Uh, so that's just a testament to uh, Frank Ross and their, you know, talent evaluation and um, understanding of, you know, how valuable guys can be in various areas. But, I mean, look, Justin Tucker last season, his cap number was $5.9 million. Kaimi Fairbairns was just over four, according to uh, OverTheCap.com. Hey, man, it's a kicker. I don't have to reiterate what you just said, but you see how valuable these guys are. What is it going to cost to bring Kaimi Fairbairn back? Um, if Justin Tucker's cap number is 5.9, hey, let's match it. Well, let's go over it. Since statistically speaking, you've been uh, you know, top three over the course of your career in terms of field goal percentage. And in recent years, when a coach has trusted you to kick from 50 and beyond, you've come through more times than not. I, I mean, to me, special teams guys, if you know you're good and it's time for them to come back, just get that done. Kind of, it's. I'm not saying it's as easy all the time as bringing Jonathan Weeks back for a 14th or 15th season, whatever the hell it is, like your long snapper. That was easy. There's a reason why they took care of that dude like three weeks ago. But you know what? Bring your punter back. 
bring your kicker back. Get that crap out of the way. That should be like baseline. Once those guys are taken care of, now we know what we really need and beyond because that's something you don't want to get caught with your pants down around your ankles with in the middle of a season or late in the season when you've skimped on something that every team at some point in time has to absolutely rely on is that dude to put that ball through the uprights. Yeah, Cam Johnson does a terrific job punting for the Texans, one of the best punters in the league. He's also a free agent. Yeah, bring it back. Let's go. Do I don't you, care. Do what... you want to pay Cam Johnson the $4 million or whatever it'll it'll be to, to bring him back? Or are you going to say, you know what? Uh, Thomas Morstead should be should be okay. Who? Uh, Jake Bailey should be okay. And, and this is... You know, these are the small decisions that wind up inevitably playing a part in do you win or lose a particular game. Small decisions for players that, you know, generally need to perform in big-time moments. Do I want to pay Jaime Fairbairn $6 million bucks, or, hey, I can sign Brandon McManus. Uh, I could sign Randy Bullock. Mm -hmm. I could sign Joey Sly. Like, are those guys going to give you 85% or so of what you had? Yeah, the problem is that 15% comes in the most clutch situation, game on the line, need sure. to have it to win, and, the percentage, and that's when you lose it. Yeah, and the percentage of the time that you know guys like Jaime Fairbairn and Cam Johnston didn't come through, it's far fewer than 15%. You know, it's maybe in the three to five percent range, uh, if that. To be honest with you, but you know, aside from those guys, you you think about this, Patrick. I, I compare the Texans, you know, in the time period in which they are entering right now to what the Astros have already endured. Whether it be, you know, the decision to move on from guys like Dallas Keuchel, uh, Zach Greinke, Charlie Morton, Garrett Cole, George Springer, Carlos Correa, um, other players that it might have been tough to lose. Over the years, if you're the Astros, Yuli Gurriel, Jake Marisnik, Michael Brantley, to some degree, uh, and there's probably a few that I'm forgetting. You know, if, if you're the Texans and you don't retain a guy like Blake Cashman, or you don't retain a guy like Denzel Perryman, or Jonathan Grenard, or Devin Singletary, or Steven Nelson, that's going to hurt unless you can find a guy to, and guys, to give you the same amount of production for a little bit cheaper of a price or maybe about the same that they played under last season, those guys are hard to find. But you have to have faith, do you not? If you're a fan, you have to have more faith now than maybe ever before in both Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans to go out and find those guys because they might have just gotten done with one of the most difficult jobs that they'll ever have to really do. And that's go from what this organization, this team was from 2022 to 2023 and to do the, do what they did in the regular season and obviously the postseason. But when they were up against it and guy went down, they went out and found DeAndre Houston Carson. They went out and found Adrian Amos. They went out and found Khalil Davis. They went out and found Derek Barnett. They went out and got guys that need Kareem Jackson to a lesser degree, but they went out and got guys to come in and immediately produce when you needed them to for pennies on the dollar, for nothing. And so now he's been a strength of Nick Casario. He has done a great job shopping in the bargain bin 
and finding guys. Now, look, we're not talking about guys who, who are necessarily starters, but guys who are able to come off the bench, give you 12, 15 reps, mm-hmm. play special teams, and most importantly, when when they're in a situation, like DeAndre Houston Carter's made a couple of big plays, a couple of big picks. Uh, they're, they're making plays. They're not getting egregious penalties the wrong time or, oh, my gosh, like what was this guy doing? How does he get burnt on, you know, third and 29, and he gives him a 40-yard play? Like Tavier Thomas. The, the, the guys Sorry. who they pulled <laughs> off the scrap heap, did the job they were supposed to do. They were backups. They p- performed well when they had to. When put into situations where they had to perform, they did. So uh, Nick Casario deserves a lot of credit for being able to sure. find I mean, Look at Devin Singletary. He was a bargain basement guy. Uh, they found a lot of guys scratching the, mean, in the scratch and dent bucket. Singletary, for the final five weeks of the regular season and into the postseason, did a job for you know backup pay. He did a starter's job for backup pay. And without him, who knows? Um, you know, what what your team looks like if you have to rely on Damian Pierce, who, you know, uh, got to wait till the offseason to figure the scheme out and be productive. And you're relying on Darian Gumbawale and, you know, whoever the hell else they ran a time or two back there. Um, Mike Boone, geez. Thought that was going to look a hell of a lot better than it did. Um, and, you know, you're wrong on these guys sometimes. But, again, when you're wrong and you're able to correct your mistake during the course of a season, um, I mean, that that's huge. I think it has to be as much about – you know, D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick and, you know, some of the other decision makers on the coaching staff that Nick Casario trusts uh, to, you know, bring in guys, yeah, from the bargain basement, but that are going to be coached up right away and be able to be made productive right away. Um, it works both ways. 713-572-4610. So do you think the Texans are ready to make some of those tough decisions like the Astros have had to make in years past. Are you ready to accept them? Are you ready to, you know, be confident in the Texans to do this, to play with the big boys? Because a lot of the, a lot of the focus, Patrick is going to be, is going to be on the schedule throughout the course of training camp in this regular season. As you go through it, it's man, the schedule's rough. This is tough. Look at all the quarterbacks you have to play this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds a little corny, but it, it, it's so true what CJ said. They got to play us too, kind of a thing. If you want to be good perennially, then you better get used to the schedule. You better get used to playing against, uh, you know, top five, top seven quarterbacks in the league. And in the offseason, you have to operate like a top five, top seven organization. And those organizations sometimes go out on a limb and they're aggressive and they spend money, even if it means trusting guys that, you know, analytically you shouldn't necessarily trust because they've given you one full season in the last three, i.e. Jonathan Gennard. Uh, trust a guy who, for the first time in his career in five years, has played significant amount of linebacker, i.e. Blake Cashman. You know what I mean? You have to make those tough decisions. You know what? Nobody in Kansas City, nobody in Buffalo, nobody in San Francisco, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we have to play the first place schedule. Exactly. Nobody says that. Yeah. 
Uh, that's this, this to me that whole oh, but the schedule is going to be so much harder. That is such a loser mentality. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 a when, ridiculous. When you are a winning team, you don't give a damn who you're playing. No, because you're a winning team and you expect to go out there and win. You got C.J. Stroud going to his second year. Think about how good he was his first year. You expect him to be better with a year of experience and a year of knowing, okay, this is what it takes to prepare. This is what it takes to win in this league, plus his natural talent. How, how many teams out there say, oh, we got to play all these good quarterbacks? How many teams out there got quarterbacks better than C.J. Stroud? <laughs> um, I can count Maybe on, about four. I can count them on one hand. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and, and not even fill the hand. Yeah. You know, it's not even logical thinking because it's a very subjective thing. Like, you look at the schedule right now, oh, boy. That fear that Texan fans have, like, man, look at the schedule, look at this quarterback, that's based off of what those teams did this year and maybe the last couple of years. And aside from Kansas City and Baltimore, every team is, I'm not going to say every team, most teams are aren't in the playoffs year after year. I mean, Kansas City's won their division like eight years in a row. Baltimore's won it like two out of the last six. They split with the Bengals and the Steelers once. Outside of Kansas City and Baltimore, of all the teams that you're going to play next year, who's got a better quarterback than you? Not the Packers. Not the Colts. Not the Jaguars. Not the Titans. Not the Bears. Not the Lions. I would say not the Dolphins. But they're good. That that's a good quarterback. A good quarterback. You know, better or not, CJ? better or not, that's a damn good quarterback. You know, I think Josh <laughs> Allen is a very overrated quarterback. I mean, he's good, but better. But I don't think he's like Pat Mahomes level. Sure. Uh, if you gave me my choice of C.J. Stroud or Josh Allen, mm-hmm. I'm taking C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We can go through the rest of that schedule a little bit later on because I promise you it will be topical. How about the J-E-S-T? Yeah, no, we got a better quarterback then. <laughs> you know, when they have to go to Dallas, you know who's got the better quarterback? Dallas Cowboys fans know who's got the better quarterback, and it's not them. Maybe even one non-Dallas Cowboy fan. We'll get to that later on. Good tease. 713-572-4610. Coming up, time for Hot Leads, the top stories of the day. We've got them for you next. It's Area 45 on Sports Radio 610. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. These are the new leads. Now look, I need the lead. These are the Glen Gary leads. Two lead cards for tonight, two lead cards for tomorrow. Why give him the good leads? He's got the leads. He's got the leads. He's got the good leads. The whole thing is the leads. They stole the Glengarry leads. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. One. Time for Hot Leads, Area 45. I'm Sean Bajani. He's Patrick Creighton. First up on Hot Leads, PC, the CFP, approved a playoff, 12-team playoff model for the uh, upcoming college football season. Finally. Let's go, baby. Let me give you the deets. College football playoff board managers unanimously approved a model that will guarantee the five highest-ranked conference champions inclusion in the expanded 12-team field this fall, along with the next seven highest-ranked teams. So with Oregon State and Washington State as the uh, only two schools that remain in the Pac-12, i.e. now Pac-2, the board approved a 5-plus-7 format, which means the uh, conference champions will receive an automatic bid along with the highest-ranked group of five schools. So the seven other schools going to be at large bids. Your seven highest-ranked non-conference champions for the CFP. This is probably going to be something that changes in two more years, at least the interior of this model. Like whether it stays 12 or goes to 15 or to 8, whatever, that might change too, but... When, when Washington State and Oregon State finally get homes and we've got the Pac-12 and the Pac-2 out of here and we've got an official Power 5 and a group of five, the whole thing, this is going to have to change again, is it not, and go back to like a 6-6 six and six kind of a deal, like where you have six conference champions and then six at large? No, I don't think so. I think this is – I think they, they created this very specifically to address certain issues. So, number one, as that we're power five is basically going to a power four, all four of those conference champions are going to get in. Mm-hmm. Then one G5 conference champion They'll get automatic is bid. going to get in. And then you've got seven at-larges, which means whatever whoever the next seven highest-ranked teams are that didn't win their conference, they're going to get in. So... If we were to take a look at this past year's final rankings, right? So Michigan, number one. There's your Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Washington was number two. Washington's not going to be in the Pac-12 next year because it doesn't exist. So Washington would theoretically not have won. They would be an at-large, right. even though they're number two. Texas won the Big 12. Number th- That would be the, the another uh, conference champ. Alabama, who didn't win there, they would be in there. Somehow Georgia was below Alabama. I don't know how that worked out. But Alabama, Georgia, Florida State won uh, won the ACC. They would yep. have gone in. Yeah. Uh, you know who else would have gone in? The 23rd ranked Liberty Flames. <laughs> winners of Conference USA. Undefeated. Who were undefeated, went to the Fiesta Bowl, 
and got absolutely mollywhopped by eighth-ranked Oregon, forty-five to six. Yeah, yeah. Oregon would have made it as an at-large. So you're at your basically your conference champs. Would and if, have been, if they would have made it, they would have played Michigan. They would have played Michigan and gotten <laughs> holy crap mollywhopped. <laughs> yeah. So in this case, because your five conference champs, Michigan, Washington, Pac-12, Texas, Big 12, uh, Bama in the SEC, Florida State in the ACC, those five teams all would have gone in automatically. And then the next seven highest ranked teams, which in this case would be six to 12, would all get in as at-larges. That would have been Ohio State. So Ohio State would have got in. Whose only loss was to Michigan. Yeah. Uh, Oregon would have got in. Missouri would have got in. Ohio State and, and uh, Georgia would have gotten in as at-larges, the only two one-loss teams that did not get in uh, because of, hey, we didn't win our conference. Yeah. So Missouri, Penn State, Ole Miss, and believe it or not, Oklahoma. Mm. And that would be the your field of 12. Every other year, Notre Dame is going to make that seven you know you and i think that's part of it of of why it is also is why i've got seven at large they are building that in so that hey if, if notre dame is in the top 12 they're going to get in mm-hmm. there's not going to be oh well you know we don't we don't have enough they're trying to get notre dame in if they can get notre dame in sure but this way a g5 champion always gets in and how's that determined if a, a g5 conference champion has a, the same record as another, you know, conference champion in the it's group. Whoever's of five. highest ranked by the CFP. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So highest, CFP highest ranking, ranking group of five. Highest conference ranked champion. conference champion. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So if you know, Liberty wins conference USA at thirteen and zero, mm-hmm. and Rice wins the American at thirteen and zero. Yeah. Whoever's Rowan. highest ranked. Okay. Yeah. Uh, whichever one is ranked higher by the CFP which probably would be the team in the American they play up schedule. That team is the one that goes. Yeah, okay. All right, going to be interesting. Uh, next up on Hot Leads. Two. Two. Sad news. Two. Uh, that uh, we all found out about earlier today. Former Rocket Robert Reed passed away yesterday after a uh, long battle with cancer. He was 68. The 13-year NBA veteran guard played for the Rockets from 77 to 88 before finishing out his career with the Hornets. Uh, Played with the Trailblazers along with the Philly Sixers. Reed averaged just over 11 points, four and a half boards, nearly three assists for his career. Integral part, PC, to uh, Rocket teams that made uh, some finals runs back in the 80s. 81 and 86 teams, both eventually losing to the Boston Celtics. Get this. After the Rockets had taken a 3-1 series lead against Magic Johnson and the uh, then-defending champion L.A. Lakers in the 86 Western Conference Finals, Robert Reed hit a big-time shot in the waning seconds of Game 5, with the Rockets trailing by 3-112-109 with 15 seconds left. He drilled this corner three in front of L.A.'s bench. Take a listen. It's a three-point game. Lakers coming out to meet the Rockets defensively. Reed again. One possession later, PC, after he ties the game at 112, the shot, one of the most legendary buzzer beaters that uh, you'll ever see. And you see it every year the NBA playoffs get going. They show this highlight. Ralph Sampson 
with that crazy mid-range jumper with one second left on the clock makes it to punch the Rockets ticket to the NBA Finals. I love this because I saw this quote earlier today. In a 2012 interview that Robert Reed did with Grantland, Reed recalled the moment before the shot saying, quote, I was sitting at the scores table and Jack Nicholson says, Robert, why don't you go on and let us have this game? And Reed said, Jack, give me five minutes speaking in your next movie and you can have this game. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, Robert Reed did not get a part in Jack's next movie. (laughs) You know, and and the funny thing is, knowing Robert Reed, that that is like par for that. That is exactly the kind of answer you would expect him to give. I was fortunate enough to know Robert Reed. Mm -hmm. And uh, first met him in 2019. I had thrown... uh, uh, a holiday bash that was benefiting uh, a charity event uh, up in spring. And Robert Reed came as a guest uh, to the event, packed house. And he comes and, and he is just the nicest guy you can meet. And he's signing autographs and taking pictures. And I posted one of those pictures up uh, on social media today. Some people who were there also posted pictures yeah. uh, from, from that event. Uh, Robert Reed was there and he just, man, he's telling stories and he's having a good time. He's just intermingling with everybody there. Like just cause he's six, eight and we're all, you know, five, nine, <laughs> uh, he towers over all of us. We look like Lilliputians next to him, but just like he was one of us, he wasn't like a basketball star. He wasn't a famous athlete. He was just one of us hanging out, telling great basketball stories. And, could not have been a nicer guy, uh, someone who, you know, as as a professional in this business, was behind me. Was hey, listen, however I can help, just let me know. Awesome. Uh, I would, I would talk to him every now and then. Uh, he, uh, terrific, terrific guy. When I saw the news, it, it my heart sank. It, it, it really hurt. Just yeah, absolute awesome guy. And yeah, I mean, thoughts and prayers out to the Reed family, no doubt, because. Uh He's uh, actually been running Houston Legend um, lost. He's been running youth basketball clinics uh-huh. in India the last several years. Wow. I'll be damned. He just unbelievable, unbelievable guy and and planet is worse off without him. Yep, no doubt about that, man. Thoughts and prayers once again to the Reed family. Next up on Hot Leads. Three. Big shout out. PC to the second-ranked Houston Cougars, taking out number six Iowa State last night. Got a chance to watch much of that game. They uh, hold off Iowa State 73-65 at Fertitta Center. Jamal Shedd, 26 points, six dimes, three steals. That dude, every single time they need him to be the guy to step up, he is there. Uh, when they need a big shot, big basket, run a vital set, he's the guy to get them going. Emmanuel Sharp finished with 20 points and four steals. Here's a big difference in last night's game. 24-32 from the line. I don't know that they missed a free throw in the entire second half. Um, they forced 16 turnovers. To me, those two of the biggest differences in that game. Now, they've got a big stretch coming up. Just five games remain in the regular season before the Big 12 Conference tourney. And then March Madness right around the corner after that. But they face number 11 Baylor uh, this weekend. And they'll end the regular season with ninth-ranked Kansas. 
Uh, keep in mind, they lost to Kansas about five games ago, 78-65. to 65. So a couple of big games amongst, uh, you know, some top programs in the country before they get the uh, tournament season started. So be rooting on them Cougs, man. Uh, they, I, I hated the fact that I agreed with Ocho, who was texting me throughout the game last night, just criticizing the Cougs. I mean, you know, look, I think he likes them. I think he respects, you know, what Kelvin Sampson's doing. But it is a very, or it can be a very frustrating brand of basketball that they play when you solely rely upon that that extra gear, that second effort, uh, second chance points and rebounding, the hustle kind of stuff, because they're not a great shooting team. They have been at times this season, but he's, I'm like, I told Ocho last night, I'm like, damn it, I hate the fact that I have to agree with you. <laughs> but somehow, some way, they find a way to pull out some big dubs, and they I mean, did it again last night. Look, they don't play the old Nolan Richardson 40 minutes of hell style of basketball, mm-hmm. but they play with a defensive ferocity that most teams cannot match that physicality. And that's it right there. Watching man. the game yesterday, I don't know that they're going to be allowed to get away with that much physicality in the NCAA tournament. At some point in that tournament, you're going to get a ref squad that's going to be like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 we're not, we're, we're whistling you. We're just going to whistle all this stuff. They were very physical. Yeah, but you know what? Iowa State's a very physical team too. I mean, they're big. I don't, I remember, I don't remember the guy's name. He looks like freaking an eight-year NBA vet. He looks yeah. like Steven Adams out there. You mentioned it. This guy looks like he's thirty years old. Out I'm there. like, holy crap, you know. And so I think, I think it largely depends on what their what a particular team's reputation is. You know, this NBA referees period have scouting reports. They kind of know what to look for, what a team's tendencies are, what maybe they've been getting away with. But I think if they're going to meet, you know, other physical teams, especially mid to the later portion of the tournament. Yeah, you know, I, I think it could benefit them because they're going to be able to presumably play their brand of basketball against another physical type squad, and I like their chances against most. They are on top of the best conference and deepest conference in college basketball. Mm-hmm. If they win their conference tournament, they're going to play in their preferred bracket. Yeah. And and that's going to be important because UConn is probably going to play in their preferred bracket too, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they right now, the, right now they are ranked number one. Yeah, they top. are legitimately the most dangerous team to the Houston Cougars right now. No doubt, no doubt, it's going to be a fun one. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. You want to be involved in the show? Hit us up. Call, text, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter. We're there for you, man. Coming up next, the Astros with plenty of decisions to make this spring talk about a few of them and one involving Jeremy Pena. What do you want to see happen with him in the order? We'll discuss next at Sports Radio 610. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, 
better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bishani and Creighton. Sports Radio 610 welcomes you back. So day two of a full squad workout for the Astros has concluded. Uh, A couple of good nuggets from today. And if you're uh, just anxiously awaiting the start of spring training uh, I forgot to mention this yesterday, though just nothing more than a mention is all that's required, but Ronel Blanco will uh, start the first game for the Astros this spring. A guy, PC, who very well could find himself in a similar situation uh, as he, along with Brandon Belak, did last year in making some spot starts earlier on in the season. If, in fact, things don't trend well for one Justin Verlander, or J.P. France, a couple of guys that have been dealing with some uh, shoulder inflammation as they uh, get things started in spring. Though, some good news from MLB.com's Brian McTaggart earlier today said that uh, per Joe Espada, who addressed the media today again, uh, J.V. played catch yesterday and feels fine. So, as minimal as that may sound, <laughs> any. Any any news like that is good news, a blessing, if you will, for the Astros and Justin Verlander and for the nerves of fans. Uh, it is good news. So that was a little nuggets along with uh, Jordan Alvarez uh, doing some outfield drills earlier today. Will uh, play uh, earlier this spring than he has in the past, along with well a lot of the starters. Really, that from Joe Espada. I don't know if I asked you about that. You know, Espada was asked yesterday, uh, I think it was Chandler Rome, you know, is everybody here that's supposed to be here? And Espada was like, yeah, well, it's like, are you going to play these guys uh, early, late? You know, how Dusty usually kind of sprinkled them in and didn't really play the the starters a lot very early. And Joe's like, yeah, these guys are going to be playing right out of the gate. What do you think about that? I mean, that that's another little subtle change from Baker to Espada? I'm not worried about them playing right away as much as how much they're playing. Like I expect uh, this is going to be the earliest, according to Joe Espada, that Jordan's going to be playing the field. Mm-hmm. He's playing four innings. I don't care mm-hmm. because it's good for him to get three, four innings. Sure. He's not playing nine innings. That would be a big red flag. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, if you're a star who never stays healthy – is playing nine innings in a mid-February game that, yeah, or, you know, hey, we're not even into games. We're just like intra-squad type of stuff. And he's he's out there for three hours. No, no. it's a mm-hmm. big no. Yeah, unnecessary. So, yeah, let him get a, a couple of innings of work out there. That'll be good for him. Let me bounce something off you because I found this to be really interesting in the world of baseball. And uh, 
I, I always like the way things are couched. So the reports uh, about, you know, does Mike Trout want to be traded uh, out of Disney? Yeah. Here we go. And Mike Trout was asked Monday morning, does he still want to be with the Angels? And he said, I think the easy way out right now is to ask for a trade. There might be a time, maybe. I really haven't thought about this. But when I sign my contract, I'm loyal. I want to win a championship here. Maybe down the road if something changes. But that's been my mindset ever since trade speculation came up. Basically, he said the easy way out right now is to ask for a trade. Well, tomorrow's not right now. And next week is not right now. And March 31st is not right now. How long before Mike Trout does a full 180 and goes, trade me to the LA Angels? Trade me from the LA Angels. Well, tells him, tells the Angels to trade him. Yeah. Trade him. Uh, I don't know. Like I'm reading this and it's different when it's written, you know, versus how it might've sounded and how it might've sounded. I would presume is more like, I think the easy way out right now is to ask for a trade as in, you know, give me context of the question. You know, he's directly answering what was probably a question of, Hey, you know, have you considered, you know, asking the team for a trade? And I think he's saying, well, that's the easy way out right now is to ask for a trade, but he want he reiterated him wanting to stay and win a championship. So do I think he's going to end up pivoting from that when three months into the season, the angels are nine games out of first place within the division and looking is like that all only nine. <laughs> I don't know. You know, <laughs> maybe, Maybe it, it wasn't it wasn't much more than nine last year. You know, a lot of those teams kind of hung around. It took them a little bit to fall off completely. But you get my point. It's is he is he going to just see the writing on the wall two, three, four months into the season where it's like, geez, doing this again, and I got to do it without Shohei. <laughs> Oh, and are you doing it without Anthony Rendon, who A is always hurt and B apparently doesn't like baseball? <laughs> well, you talk about you talk about couching things now. I wanted to talk about Rendon uh yesterday. Maybe we can get to that, but I don't know. It's I, I think yes, he could he could very well pivot from that. So Mike Trout is going into his age thirty two season. Uh-huh. How much is left on his current contract? It was he's, a twelve year four twenty six. He's gonna make oh. $35.5 million. Yeah. He is signed through his age 38 season, which is 2030. Yeah, 2030. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, and he's got a back issue. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's been a problem. He's had a lot of problems. You know, finishing seasons. That is not... That is going to be... A, that's going to be an Albert Pujols kind of a deal. Doomed. <laughs> Dude. If he stops playing right now, Mike Trout's career is? I think he's a Hall of Famer. Okay. You knew where I was going. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Although, I, I, I here's the crazy part, right? If Mike Trout becomes available, the Yankees are going to be in. And I would so love him to go to the Yankees. Where the hell are they going to put him? Who's in the left field for them? Juan Soto. Who's in right field? Aaron Judge. Who's in center field? Whoever else. Mike Trout. Mike Trout in center until he breaks. 
<laughs> I mean, geez. Probably move Aaron back to center and you put, nah, I don't know. I don't know. That the Yankees being the Yankees would find something for him, but nah, I don't think I don't I don't think they'd be in the business of doing that. I mean, they would get raked over the coals. I mean, after you've paid Judge, well, you've actually, got Soto, and then you I think pick Aaron up that Judge is going to play center field because they got Alex Verdugo. Uh, they got him from the from the Red Sox. Oh yeah, Verdugo. Verdugo. Yeah. Uh huh. So you got Verdugo. You got Juan Soto. So Juan Soto's going to play right. Verdugo's going to play left. Aaron Judge is going to play center. Um, I'm not feeling that defense real good. <laughs> no. Nah, they're more worried about the offense and the defense, no doubt about that. Um, which kind of brings me to my question here. I wanted to talk about Jeremy Pena. And, you know, look, I don't think we have very many questions about his defense, but rather his offense. And Joe Espada earlier today was talking about Jeremy Pena. Um, you know, he he's going to earn his spot in the order, whatever that means. Is it in the two hole? Is it in the seven? Is it in the eight? Is it in the sixth? I mean, he's really kind of batted all over the place, you know, through the first couple of years of his career. And last season alone, I mean, he spent the most time in the two hole, but he also hit sixth quite a bit, hit seventh quite a bit, hit eighth quite a bit. Where do you feel like in this lineup, Going into year three, Jeremy Pena is going to be most comfortable, most productive for this Astros lineup. You know, the more I thought about where is Jeremy Pena going to bat, the more I'm feeling like the answer to that question might be nine. Nine? It might be nine. Who in the lineup regular in the lineup. You know what? Let's say eight. It's going to hit ahead of Jake Myers. I mean, yeah, he hit there quite a bit last He's going to hit ahead of Jake Myers, mm-hmm. but he shouldn't be hitting ahead of Chas McCormick, and he shouldn't be hitting ahead of Yiner Diaz, mm-hmm. and he's not going to hit ahead of Jose Abreu. He's going to hit eight. So you've got... And on days where Altuve, Bregman, Jordan, Tucker, Abreu, Yiner, Chaz. Uh, you go Yiner, Chaz, or Chaz, Yiner? One way or the other. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll go Yiner, six, Chaz, seven, and then you go Pena, eight, Myers. And Myers, nine. nine. And look, on days when Mauricio Dubon's in the lineup, Pena might be nine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, I don't care that he hits eight or nine. I care that he hits. I, I need to see the. I, I need to see from Pena something around 250, 260 average. Ah, you got to do better than that. You got to do better if, than if that. If you give me 260 average, 330 on base, 25 homers, 25 steals, and play the kind of defense we, we know he can play that gold glove level defense. He's an all star. You know where he put those numbers up last season? In the two spot. And that was his worst amongst other positions in the lineup in what we're talking about seven or eight. When he bat second last year in 44 games, 195 plate appearances, the most out of any other spot in the order, he hit 266, had a 330 on base, 
OPS of 742, had five homers in that spot, 16 RBIs. The problem is mm-hmm. that's a crappy two hitter. He was my, last. He was last year. No, my two hitter needs to get on base. Okay, he doesn't get on base enough in his first in his first two years. But he's a young player. Okay, what if he's able to earn that spot from seven or eight this season? Then we'll address it midseason when we get there. But because talk to me, if if you're saying, well, who's going to hit two? Well, ideally, Alex Bregman is going to hit two, mm-hmm. and. If Alex Bregman's on base is going to be way higher than Jeremy Pena. Yeah, but you know what's really sexy to think about is if you've got Jose Altuve setting the table and Jeremy Pena, if he can be a consistent guy getting on base, be more selective and disciplined at the plate, could you imagine the productive numbers that Alex Bregman could put up in the three-hole? Could you Sandwiched the, in between Pena and Jordan? Could you imagine the smile on my face if I'm sitting in between Jessica Alba and Jessica Biel? Okay? <laughs> We're living in reality, Sean. It could We're happen, in right? Reality. I think it could happen. That's what you want out of Jeremy Pena entering year three is to him earn his way up into the lineup. And that's it. But, earn your way up into the lineup. And earning your way up into the lineup might not be this year. Because, again, if, if we get, you know, the I'm Alex Bregman, I'm in the best shape of my life, I'm going to have the best year of my career because it's my walk year and I'm getting paid at the end of this season by someone. Mm -hmm. And Alex Bregman is putting up something closer to his, you know, 2019, you know, year when he's challenging for the MVP. That's the hope. Yeah. Then Jeremy Payne is batting eight. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Batting eight. I mean, and you know, that's maybe a beautiful thing because at the end of the day, look, as stacked as this lineup is, it's going to be a little bit deeper Right now on paper, you know going into the season that it was last year with Maldonado let's eating play the a little, let's, let's have a little fun here for a second, right? Hold on. Let's you want let's have fun coming back, okay? Oh, when we start the top it. of the Why hour. Why at the top of the hour? <laughs> We're at I the top of the hour. I have things that I want to talk about, and the clock has to stop messing with me. Well, let's talk about it next. We'll get to uh, your fun next, and if we have a little time, uh, we'll get to all the homework that you did on some of these mock drafts. We'll do it next. It's Area 45 Sports Radio 610. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.